This is the John Oakley Show podcast. A case during an election campaign. We've got a five and a half week campaign where uh, some of that water has now been muddied by, of course, the scandal surrounding Justin Trudeau, which uh, we will delve into with Omar Khan, uh, a national affairs expert and political strategist after five and uh, get to with our panel as well. Uh, There also is the issue of guns and gangs. Justin Trudeau in town talking about gun control. He had a press conference earlier today on the Danforth where, of course, we saw that tragedy two summers back where two people were killed, 13 injured in a hail of gunfire. And uh, we'll speak to that issue. Uh, Patrick Brown, as the mayor of Brampton, is going to join us and uh, talk about his own uh, community now being visited by violence along those lines. 136 shell casings found in that fusillade the other day where seven young people with guns went after a rival gang, I guess, who were filming a rap video. It's just unconscionable. That amount of gunfire during daylight, by the way, on a Sunday late afternoon, early evening kind of thing. A couple of stabbings yesterday might have been gun-related as well. Three more, uh, one person died from gunplay in the city of Toronto in the East End uh, last night, and uh, there was a shooting outside the Eden Centre. Somebody unloaded on a car, and uh, while there was no injury or death reported, the car sped away, but the building was pockmarked with flying hot lead. Lovely. And uh, as well in the Regent Park area of the city. So all of those things await into hour two when it comes to the campaign trail. Uh, before we get to Justin Trudeau's appearance here in town this afternoon, something else that's made the uh, list of top uh, election issues for the voters, 14% of Canadians cite immigration as an important issue. And uh, while I'm not entirely clear on everybody's platform, I know when Maxime Bernier was in about three weeks back, he cited that the immigration levels were far too high. He would curtail it to anywhere from 100 to 150,000 on an annual basis, as opposed to, let's say, at the other end of the spectrum, the Liberals would like to see it perhaps reach as high as 450,000. So where do the parties stand on this matter? Joining us on the line, Cassandra Fultz is a registered immigration consultant with Doherty Fultz Immigration, and she's joined The Oakley Show. Cassandra, I appreciate your joining us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. Well, let's just run through then uh, where the respective parties stand on immigration. I'm suggesting, I guess, at either extreme, you've got Maxime Bernier wants to see it curtailed. The Liberals want to increase it. Uh, let's spell it all out. First, start with the Liberals. What is their agenda? Sure. Well, with the Liberals, it's kind of the more the merrier. Uh, they love to focus on family reunification. So we have the family reunification issue, uh, and we also have the refugee issue, which was a major part of the last election. Now, the refugee issue is actually working against them because of all of those irregular crossings since the welcome refugees tweet just a few years ago. So they've got a lot of spinning to do. Well, all right. When it comes to the illegal crossings, that's primarily in southwestern Quebec. Maxime Bernier, for example, says he would build a fence or something akin to a wall. Is that not correct? Yeah, he's pretty upset about that. Yeah, definitely. Well, does that play in Quebec? Uh, it plays among a certain crowd, but um, but JT has a lot of uh, a lot of support in Quebec too. And also, don't forget, it's happening in Emerson, Manitoba. That's another place where you know he may or may not have as much support. When it comes to the matter of immigration, I mean, it's glib to say, it's a cliche, that uh, the country was really built around immigration. Nobody denies that, and we also see that as being beneficial overall to the country. Uh, But you say the Liberals are really bent on family reunification. (laughs) I hate to keep citing Maxime Bernier as sort of the uh, other case in point, but he would 
he would disqualify that. He thinks that's a, a drain, a net drain on the economy and unfair to Canadians and the taxpayer. Uh, but the Liberals go big on that. Uh, is that a political winner? I think that is a huge political loser. Anyone who's not from Canada, who's not born here, wants to see their family reunified, whether that's a spouse, whether that's a parent, whether that's a child. I don't think telling someone that they can't bring their child to Canada is a winner ever. Well, all right. So uh, what you're saying, yes, for the Liberals, that's a big political winner then. Not just the Liberals. Honestly, anyone. Pretty much okay. anyone but Maxime Bernier. I, 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 I got, I got play the family reunification. And the con- Conservatives, when it comes to family reunification, uh, they're solid on that as well? They are solid about that. Really, where, where the Conservatives lie is, you know, playing to their base. They want to see reform. They want to see things done, you know, in an orderly fashion. Please form an orderly queue right here. Uh, and they, they want to stress legal immigration. That's where they can really uh, speak with their their constituents. And they're going to hit JT hard on those the irregular crossings. Yeah, you know, when you talk about legal immigration, sometimes it seems that uh, even if you're tra- trying to affect a coherent policy, uh, it's being spun or conflated with being anti-immigrant, does it not? Completely, completely. And that's why I say that the Tories are actually, they are solid on uh, on family reunification because people were really upset when uh, when the previous government put, put the parental and grandparental sponsorship program on hiatus. But there was a reason for that. And the reason was a five-year backlog. We had to actually stop accepting applications, clean up this mess, and then start again, which we have done now. Well, and assimilation, is that a legitimate concern for Canadians to have, that uh, some people, if we're moving so many through the pipeline, uh, not all get placed in jobs? Like, for example, my understanding was when it came to Syrian refugees, uh, those who were privately sponsored were more apt to find gainful employment. Those that were government-sponsored, not so much. This is actually true. Uh, Studies have shown that those refugees who were privately sponsored have been more likely to find gainful employment because they actually continue to have support. And and that actually speaks to the Green Party policy uh, and what they've actually mentioned some very interesting ideas regarding immigration, such as terminating the temporary foreign worker program, uh, which is is sort of unconscionable in an effort to... uh, to curb the underemployment of skilled immigrants. So, you know, they're talking about this exact issue where people who are sponsored by the government just sort of get dumped off into Canada and like, all right, go ahead, you're on your own, that kind of a thing. Um, it's definitely a concern. We want to make sure people have the, the tools to succeed. But that's, that's the whole idea behind the point system in the first place. We're bringing people who already have the tools to succeed. Well, and didn't Justin Trudeau extend the temporary foreign worker program out to three years? Yes, yes. There's no more. Uh, there's no more rule where you have to spend a certain amount of time in Canada and then you have to go out for a certain period of time. The temporary foreign worker program is going strong, and it is a major, major part of Canada's economy. There are serious labor shortages. Already, even with the ability to hire a temporary foreign worker, that if you are not able to hire a temporary foreign worker and go through the labor market impact assessment process, businesses would be closing. Canadian citizens, Canadian permanent residents, business owners even would be losing money. That would be a disaster. So would you say that much of our immigration policy or uh, the desire to see the numbers actually bump to the upside are being driven by the employers? 
Definitely, definitely. Uh, we have a we have a few streams for labor market impact assessment for uh, for jobs that are so so desperately needed. People who can fill those positions that they actually have a, a speed, uh, very fast processing time. They have a ten day processing time instead of a month long processing time because we desperately need workers in, the, in these areas, such as trades, carpenters. Plumbers, there just simply are not enough people training in these areas who are Canadian citizens or permanent residents to fill all the vacancies. And even in other provinces, out in Alberta, you can't you can't even hire a waiter. Like it's impossible. Again, with Cassandra Fultz, uh, she's a registered immigration consultant with Doherty Fultz Immigration. We're talking about uh, you know this whole issue surrounding uh, well the political parties and their stance on it. But when uh, we hear that. Pollsters say 14% of Canadians feel this is a very, very important issue upon which uh, we have to address. Uh, we're talking about it for that reason. I'm kind of curious now because uh, have you are you familiar with economic projections that might suggest the perfect number of immigrants or uh, where we really need to be the sweet spot to uh, make maintain, let's say, economic growth and also absorb legacy costs, you know, pension costs going forward, health costs and so on and so forth? Well, honestly, I don't think it's it's realistic to say there is one sweet spot. The needs change year to year, month to month, and I think the sweet spot is to look at these uh, look at these numbers to evaluate on a continuous basis and see is this program still serving us? Is this program still serving us? And I have to say, uh, credit where credit is due, the government has done this. We have new pilot projects all the time. Every year, there's something different that the government is trying. Some of them work, some of them don't. Uh, but we have, you know, we have a new one in Ontario uh, for, or actually, construction workers who are out of status. So people who have overstayed on their visa and they don't have status anymore. Um, in in a short while, they'll actually be able to apply to to rectify their immigration status if they've been paying taxes in Canada this whole time, because we're in such desperate need of people. Very shortly, we'll have another program starting in the northern provinces, because obviously we're always trying to get people to, to move there and to fill out those, um, those areas where there's, the population is, is so scant. And there's a pilot project that's going to start for that area. So there's, there's always actually interesting things going on in, uh, in innovation in terms of immigration. So we're always looking for a way to make things better. So how do we incentivize people to relocate to, uh, let's say, uh, less inhabited places in the country and the province? Well, I would say that the, the number one way to do that is to, not to say lower our expectations, but to allow a greater number of people with skills that are not in uh, managerial, professional, um, or trades in order to, to go there. So basically not to, not to bother you with immigration, <laughs> techie words, but um, national occupation classifications, zero A or B, this is what you need. Uh, in order to apply for federal programs. For most Ontario programs, you need a master's, you need a PhD, things like that. Well, you know, just because someone didn't finish university doesn't mean that they're not going to be a meaningful contributor to Canadian society. So if we can just be a little bit more realistic, I would say, with, uh, with what we need here in Canada, like tradespeople, like laborers, like everyone who's willing to work and contribute and help pull the cart, then I think we'll have a, an easier time getting people who are able to, to fill out those, uh, those less populated areas. 
Yeah, uh, you know, when it comes to those uh, white-collar types of pursuits and managerial... Uh, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, in fact, uh, Canada has been accused in some occasions of uh, stealing the best and brightest from developing countries. That's absolutely true. Brain, uh, brain drain is a real thing. And, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting, too, because we, Canada has such a, a strong reputation around the world for being, for being polite and for being courteous and, uh, and also being compassionate. But, you know, uh, when, when people bring up a points-based immigration system outside Canada, man, that's the first way to lose your seat. It's, it's not, it doesn't look good outside Canada. But here it actually plays well, like you said, with, uh, with bringing in the, the white-collar crowd. But the thing is, that's not the only, that, those are not the only people who contribute meaningfully to Canada. Honestly, we can't, have a, we can't have a country where, you know, everyone has a PhD, but uh, no one can wire a house to turn the lights on. But we do agree that uh, there has to be some kind of uh, coherent policy here, and uh, it's not xenophobic, nativist, or uh, in any way discriminatory. We just need to have a plan, and it's got to make sense. It's got to be rational. We agree on that much, don't we? Absolutely. And the thing is, we have to keep, you know, considering and reconsidering how to amend the plan to make sure that it's still working six months from now, a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now. Because, you know, Canada, or especially Toronto, Toronto was a different place 10 years ago. 20 years ago, it's unrecognizable to what it is today. So our needs back then are not what they are today. Why should they be 5, 10, or 20 years in the future? We have to keep reconsidering what's going to be best for, for Canada and for the province. So we'll see how the parties play out uh, their respective agendas when it comes to our plans for immigration. According to an Ipsos poll conducted for Global News, it's... Uh, Top of mind for 14% of Canadian voters citing immigration. Appreciate you putting it into perspective, Cassandra. Good to talk. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. You got it. Cassandra Fultz is a registered immigration consultant with Doherty Fultz Immigration. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.